What is up, witches? It's Leah Knauer. And Rachel LaForest, your basic witches. And today we do not have a basic witch. We have a pro witch, Brandon Knight. You might remember his wife, Kelly Knight. That's right. They're a magical duo, which I love. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, speaking of duos and love, um, I practice some sex magic that I have not yet told Leah about. So I wanted to tell all of you right now. Exclusive. Exclusive. This Justin on the full moon, (laughs) my partner and I, who who happened to have a mooniversary anyways, every full moon, decided to capitalize on all that energy and do sex magic. So we talked about what we wanted beforehand, Mm. and it was like specific um, manifestations for each of us, abundant things. Mm. Um, I wanted more students and clients to help, and... Honestly, I forget what he wanted. But <laughs> no, you. But he got it. <laughs> but I helped him. You really don't remember? I think it was. He's having a lot of like job interview stuff. I think it was around that, like finance, financial security coming in. Oh yes, okay. and he did get it. Okay, okay. we'll get there. So, <laughs> as you can tell, we had a lot of fun on this episode yeah. with Brandon, and we're now recording the intro after. Um, So we agreed beforehand and Mm -hmm. basically our encompassing thought was thank you more, please. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. was what we were going to like think about and say. And we had glorious sex Mm -hmm. and then we both orgasmed and Mm -hmm. said it out loud. Thank you more, please. Yes. Yes. And we said it also multiple times throughout Mm -hmm. because it kind of was just hot anyways. It's It's kind of a hot phrase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, like, you can imagine, thank you, more, please. You know, it's like, yes. Um, And then the next day, I had a random student enroll. Wow. And he found out he had a, um, like, a 401k from an old job that he didn't realize he had. So he stepped into financial security for a while. Oh, my gosh. So, and sex magic. Jerks. Yeah. Shit works. Um, If you want to know more about sex magic, then you're going to love this episode. But before we dive into that, I want to tell you to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Basic Witches. We have merch. We do virtual full moon circles, which are so fun and healing and... We have a Patreon where you can get personal with us, um, talking, private video chat, baby. Not like that, but pulling cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so please join us. We love you all so much. Now enjoy this episode with Brandon Knight. I'm doing good. Just hanging out on a Sunday. Yeah, in Georgia, right? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's tropical down here, man. Is it really hot? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, today it wasn't. Today's the first day we've had that it wasn't like um, equatorial. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I've, I've been to the jungle, I've been to the Amazon, and it, <laughs> it almost felt exactly like that like a week ago here. Like stepping Whoa. out, felt like I was swimming. I was going to say pure humidity. Uh huh. 
Yes, it was crazy. I've never felt that in Georgia before. So I was like, wow, climate change is, is the real thing. So. It's, yeah. Yeah, we're in a heat wave over here it's in like Los Angeles. 122 in some places in California. Wow. It's a dry heat. So I li- crap, I'm man. from Pennsylvania, so I'm used to humidity. I don't know which is worse. They, they both suck. That's amazing. Yeah. 122. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Ooh. Yeah, we have an amazing friend, Aaron, who's been passing out water bottles to homeless because, like, yeah, because, yeah, Los Angeles has a huge houseless and homeless population. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, yeah. Oof, that's, yeah. yeah, Leah and I just before we're talking, like, shit, we feel so bad for people who are literally like stuck outside today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So grateful. Yeah, for Kelly AC. and I come to Venice a lot. So it's, mm-hmm. there's homeless there all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Venice. Common is, thing. Yeah. 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 When were you last here? What do you come to Venice for? Uh, we normally come there to um, every once in a while. I'll come with. Wait, you just pushed the mic away. Oh wait. That's oh. On. oh, I thought I was on this mic. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like you're done talking to <laughs> us. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, so. The the last time that I can't remember the last time I was there. The last time Kelly was there was um, pre pandemic, I think, mm-hmm. maybe November or so, yeah. um, because she studies with Guru Jagat there, uh, Kundalini Yoga and whatnot. Oh, so, cool. yeah, didn't know that. That somehow never came up in our conversations <laughs> with her. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, do it, you do any drama? Oh. Do you do any witchcraft for causes yourself or are you, you more mean, personal uh, magic? Like, do you do any spells for like the pandemic or things going on? No, no, not really. The, my, the, the way that I've been taught by all the teachers and everything that I've come through over the years is that the, uh, the microcosm of the self, the evolution of that is what gives way to the evolution of everything around you. And so everything else typically has a lot of projections on it and a lot of nuance that we don't understand or we can't perceive or that we perceive through a limited lens because of our training when we're little that we never get out of and, and things like that. And so the, the evolution of the self past the training when you're, when you're little, you know, that's, that's the most important work that anyone could do anytime. That's the consciousness work. And that's, that's the work that'll lead us into the new age. Yes, it all comes back to self. If we heal ourselves, we can heal each other and then heal the world. Yeah, you know, because what we have here is a microcosm of what's out. And so if you're changing this, then what's out will change too. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's the way that that I've approached it always. And it's worked out, you know, I mean, I... And it's, it's odd, man, that the more that, that I change, the more I burn the candle at both ends and do the work uh, with a capital W, like the, 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 the massive amount of, of work that you do on the overall span of, of who you are as a being, the more you do that and move the needle on that, the more I notice that I, I'm kind of in a different place than where the news may be. Or mm. it's almost like I create my own reality, like quite literally, mm-hmm. that I'm stepping into. Um, I know we talk about that a lot, but it's another thing entirely to really experience um, almost sectioning off a dimension and just walking in it. And so that's that's kind of what it's like for us lately. Kelly and I are kind of outside of the scope of 
of some of the stuff that's going on. Not, I mean, we've marched, we've done all kinds of stuff. We're, we're part of a lot of the social consciousness and we believe that that's a part of the evolution of, of where we're at as a society in America. But um, we're still, it's almost like we're in orbit of it and, mm. and not really, you know what I'm saying? We don't get dragged down by the, by the heavy energy of whatever may be there mm. and get wrapped up in it and get stuck in it. We're able to, to go and contribute and we're able to, you know, be a part of it and get in and do the work um, alongside people and, and things like that. But we found that our work kind of allows us the vibration to, to get out of it. And so okay. it's, it's an interesting thing. And we're not even yeah. aiming to do that. It's just that our, where we're at is, is other than where a lot of the, the low-level stuff is really happening. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. It's interesting to watch, you know. I get, I get um, like segments of that feeling when I've coached someone that day or like helped someone, then I feel like I can remind myself, oh, that's going to then affect their life and everyone around their circles. And then that could affect someone else. And so, okay. And it affects you. And it affects me. It makes me feel fulfilled. And it's like, I did a yeah. little bit to save the world today by helping one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get Literally. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works, you know, and when you start expanding that into like multiple people in a week or even in a day or something like that, that you help on a, on a level that is beyond the conscious mind. So when you start pushing and pulling with energy, you know, when you're one-on-one with people and you start to, to bring them forward and they bring you forward and there's this, this take and this give and this learning and this understanding that starts to take place, this opening, when that starts to happen and a lot of shit's changing. Um, yeah, a lot and it, it starts to yeah it starts to it, it's what you know a lot of psychologists would call a rewrite mm. you know in writers where, too <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. let's make it better yeah. yeah it's a rewrite of of an old pattern or or something that um that could have faded to be a little bit different so mm. it's cool wow um Beautiful. So how did you get into magic? I imagine you and your wife met doing magic. Well, it is something like that, actually. So um, I learned a long time ago. um, I have a a pretty broken past, don't we all? But I learned a long time ago that I had to do a lot of work on myself in order to have a life that Mm -hmm. I, you know, I had to pull myself up from, from a lot of stuff. And so I really had to um, overcome a lot of the programming I had as a child that, that kept me stuck or that kept me stagnant in, in my relationships and with money, with, mm-hmm. um, you know, with creating a life, with, um, with so many different things that we all face. You know, like we all have those common problems with those things. And um, my first step into power was depth psychology. So I, my, my first understanding of how to move the energy in the body right. Was as like, Oh, there's energy there. There's, there's a, there's a conduit here and it runs on the, um, the energy of of the life force of who I am. That's in my cells. That's in my nervous system. That's in my brain. And I started studying after, um, people that were experts in that and started getting into shamanism and ecstatic ritual and, um, ethnogens and, you know, ayahuasca and, and things like that. And, and started really understanding, um, the, the depth side, like the, the energetic side, um, of, of life. And, but my first entry into that was psychology. And so I had teachers in that that had 30 years of experience in Gestalt therapy and, you know, and and moving the energy in the body in a shamanic way, but centered it around emotions and centered it around how we operate from identities and projections. 
And um, I did that work for, I guess, six years straight. And uh, is in a place called the Center for Inner Knowing here in Atlanta at the time. That's what they were called. And it was amazing work. And we did work in there. Um, we would do weekend long studies of um, where you take on 12 students. Then you'd have like 50 people that, that volunteer and help. And we do Gestalt therapy among those students and, and everybody who, who was helping and volunteering had already been through the course. And it was a way of pouring and giving in into people that you had never experienced before. And mm. it was, it was a way of evolving. Um, and, I don't and know that actually, type of therapy. What is it exactly? So Gestalt therapy, it's kind of a blanket word sometimes, but actually it was by a, um, I believe is either a German or a French psychologist who was in World War I think too. And he was going through before they understood what shell shock was. Um, and um, it might've been World War One, but it, it was going through the tents and he was um, he's a psychologist and he, and, uh, and a therapist and he didn't, he wanted to understand what was happening in, in times of immense trauma. And so he discovered that what happens is in trauma is that we get encoded and it stops the, the process of experience. So there's a process of experiences on a wheel that they have in, in psychology, but in Gestalt therapy, they really go by it. It's, you know, encountering an item and then getting, uh, experiencing it and then having feelings, and then, you know, doing different things and it all evolves and it's cyclical. Anyway, it stops the process of, of experiencing life trauma does. And it, it, it writes um, an emotional program and belief stru- uh, system and structure at that moment in time in the human being. And you can't move past the emotional context until you move, you remove the belief system because the belief system, right, is, is kind of latched onto the emotions mm-hmm. wrapped around each other. Mm-hmm. And it will just get so, transferred onto the next thing, mm-hmm. a belief system, if you don't rewire it. It will apply right. to it's, all it's of like those a, areas. Sure. So the stories we tell ourselves, right, unfold our lives. And so we tell our stories from the belief systems that, that we have. And so they kind of fucks us, you, yeah. know, big time, <laughs> you know, and, and so um, you, you're stuck then you're stuck in a belief system and a patterning that makes you choose the same boyfriend or girlfriend over and over again, yep. or the same, I lose my money the same time of year, every year. Cause yep. I, uh, and I you also have to discern whose belief system that is. Cause usually it's not even our belief system. It's something we were told as children and then accepted and believed yep. and didn't question. Yeah. So you have that aspect. You also have the trauma aspect and what, what the Gestalt therapist was doing at the time, he was going through the trauma aspect and saying, okay, we're not worried about the child programming at this point. There's massive trauma that's happened through the war. So let me see how we can unwind this. And so what he started doing was just sitting in front of them and he had a technique where he would go through and make them body aware. And he would say, okay, what, um, if you had to make a, if you had to pick a spot in the body where you felt the most emotions, where would it be? And they would and they'd point to it or they'd say it like my stomach or, you know, my chest or, you know, a number of things. So it's like, okay, put your hand on that, you know, and, and if you had to give it a sound, what would it sound like, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Mm. And it would allow them to, he would, instead of, in other words, instead of running away from the emotions, he had a process of making them dive deeper into it mm-hmm. and moving nice. the energy around it. And he gave them the permission to kick, scream, cry, do whatever. And from that, he kind of developed a, um, a system of, you know, um, of, of moving the energy around emotions so much that once you got them out, then you could see the belief structures around whatever was attached and you could change them. <sighs> and so, and so it's like a humongous weight has looked at that point. And so it's, it's evolved over the years and it's done several different things. And so at the center where I was working 
at the time because I was volunteering and I was, I was going every single weekend. I was traveling from out of state in Tennessee, coming down to Georgia and doing the work every single weekend for years. And, um, and they have depth courses and different things like that. And um, they have beginner courses. And I'd already been through a lot of the beginner courses. And I was really volunteering and becoming a mentor in a lot of this. And what happens is um, in, at that place is they, they would have um, folks come up and they, and they would, they're very intuitive people been clearing out them, their, themselves and the trauma that they've had for years. So the leaders there could be like, they just could hear what the person needed. Be like, hey, you know. Um, and they'd also pull cards on it. They actually use tarot cards. And they'd oh, my gosh. They'd say, you know, hey, well, you need to gestalt your mom today. So that's what we're going to do. And so they'd bring up, they'd say, pick somebody out in the crowd that that reminds you of the tone of your mother, that carries the tone of your mother. It doesn't have to look just like it, but carries the tone of it. And they'd bring the person up and mm-hmm. the person become a conduit for the mother. I mean, it'd yep. take on the visage and everything. It was crazy how it worked. Whoa. And then the person in, in front of them, you know, they'd whisper, and the person that's gestalting in their ear what to say to mm-hmm. make them become triggered and start to stand up for the little girl or boy inside, right? Mm-hmm. And, and act so it they out. Could actually, right. Well, it was more than an act. They would get into the actual moment of trauma that happened. Mm. They would, it, would, it would shift everything because it's like the mother was actually standing there. And this time, whatever trauma or neglect or whatever needed to w- work out when it happened, the adult came, was encouraged to come on board mm. so much by all the support that it actually did. And it would take the little child by the hand and say, okay, we're not going to ha- have trauma anymore alone. I'm the one that's going to be in charge now. And yeah. so it would bring it all through, kick, scream, and cry at the mother, whatever. And they would have the mother, you know, say amazing things back and it turned into a healing moment. They'd embrace or they wouldn't, depending on the situation. And then it, then that that's a rewrite. It would rewrite almost everything. It would uproot all the emotional attachment energies that were attached to the stories and the beliefs it unwind the emotions and then the beliefs and stories could be seen for what they are no longer are you triggered in your relationships by someone who takes the tone of your mom or whatever it may be mm. you unwind different things that would hold you mm. back that you think i just can't do that because i believe this way and that would be gone mm. um, you see people literally transform like a butterfly in a day because we would work on each other 12 hours a day for a weekend like three days straight um so it's amazing work so every human deserves therapy mm. oh that that kind of therapy was ridiculous but yes everybody needs to be on that road in fact yeah you know the, the topic of of what we're talking about and, and being a witch and different things like that in our book and um the first step to being a witch i believe is actually psychology you have to mm-hmm. understand what it is to trance out the mind what, what you're doing mm-hmm. how you're engaging the inner and how you're was- bringing it forward I was a psychology major before I dropped out of college. I think that was for a reason. <laughs> before I before I was a witch. I was yeah. always attracted to this kind of stuff and like how the brain Seriously. works and how how we can create our reality based on our like our happiness. And that's what it all comes down to is yourself. And it's so interesting because I actually do know the type of therapy now that you described it more thoroughly. It's, it's talked about a lot in um, the body keeps the score, which is a really Mm. prominent trauma book. Um, And uh, I, it's interesting how all this trauma therapy has this crossover to witchcraft. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like this, many months it's been like 11 months since I had a big trauma capital T and so people on the pod have heard about it and like 
seen my journey and it, it does flow very seamlessly to talk about trauma therapy and to talk about magic and witchcraft. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning it's, of power. Yeah. It is. Self-acceptance, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a huge one too. I mean, you can't, you can't begin to be a witch of the hedge, like a real witch who does spirit work, who, who has a mastery of the self and a mastery of how they grow spiritually and actually has a, a practice around that. You can't do that and walk the realms and become interdimensional in experience if you don't know yourself well. <laughs> you yeah. don't know where the pitfalls are inside. So when you're standing in front of a cosmic force, right, that's a reflection of you and you can't accept that and you can't accept how powerful and beautiful and amazing it is and integrate that. And I think the darkness in general too. Yeah. Like you have too. to see darkness mm-hmm. and, and come out of it and yes. know that like even the dark parts of yourself deserve love. And when you give that to yourself, then you're able to give that to everyone. Yeah. And well, I mean, that's where the majority of the work takes place is in the dark. And that, mm-hmm. that's where you have to start to become comfortable mm-hmm. and you have to, you have to um, be very fluid with yes. understanding the, the darkness and, and being, being okay with it and being like, Hey, this is, this is where the work is because it's born out of the chaos. Mm-hmm. The creation that we do as witches, that's born out of the chaos of the dark. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's feminine in nature, right? Because mm-hmm. we give birth to things, yes. so, you know, over and over again. And so the archetype of the witch is this, it's the highest element of humankind in my mind, the archetype of the witch. And I did a podcast on this not too long ago, um, but the archetype of the witch is, is one of those things where it, it um, it forces you if if you talk if you're talking about the highest ideal of what a witch is, right? Um, a witch understands that true power is in the remembering and activating the DNA and um, union with spirit, union with the cosmic forces, mm. um, and then giving birth through creationism, right? And and all those items. Um, are you can't do that without a knowledge of self it's impossible mm-hmm. so the foundation the very first layer has to be yeah. psychology it has to be hey have i asked myself the tough questions and do i have another person asking me tough questions that's trained to do it and how do i how do i manage the trauma the programming that i've had since i was little mm-hmm. um, because where i'm going is actually much levels higher than all of that and uh-huh, so and mm-hmm. i need to let this go and wouldn't you say you need the self-acceptance and the self-love in order to be brave enough to go into the dark which is how you get to the higher levels it's like you have to be your friend and you have to really know yourself otherwise you're going to ditch yourself or be too scared or self-sabotage not tell if it's you or someone else or what's going on in this ascension (laughs) like yes so um since you've already defined what which means to you um I want to know what you go by because I thought you went by sorcerer, but can you tell us your preference on terms, if any? Oh, I mean, I, which is fine. I, I don't think that the the labels matter much in, in one regard. I think yeah. language is a map to get places in the mind, and, you, and unless you have the map, you really can't get there. And so I, I think language is extremely important. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to witch versus sorcerer versus, I think it's potato, potato, you yeah. know, um, I mean, essentially, um, if if you understand um, interdimensionality and and how we're moving toward that as, as a species, um, and and what we're doing in consciousness, and how that all ties into to crossing over, right, mm-hmm. um, and developing relationships um, both ways with the self and with what reflects the self and the cosmic energies, 
it, it doesn't matter what label you put on that. That's that's going. You're moving toward the highest elements of of humankind, mm-hmm. and I believe that is the archetype of the witch. I like witch because um, it has this this projection on it, right? And it also has this this power around it to be used in a way in our minds, but also as an identity that you can don. That that is upright, powerful, and in the dark and comfortable with that and also um moving toward neutrality through desire you know Mm. that that's and desire is the number one factor of being a witch it's how we generate everything it's Mm -hmm. how we it's how we reach consciousness and the ultimate fulfillment of that is love and i I think that heart expansion and love is divine feminine yes just the same as same as emptiness is divine masculine right Mm -hmm. and so so I, I believe that that whole that whole line of, of, of which the divine feminine and embodying it and opening up the darkness and also embracing the heart aspect and the yearning for mm. union, I, I think that that's all very, very apt. And I think which kind of just embodies that the most as far as a, a, a label. You know, yeah, like it's powerful. Yeah. And it's strong. Yeah. It's a strong mm-hmm. word. People don't like, fuck with you when you tell them you're a witch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And when you, when you yeah. were getting excited earlier about the archetype of the witch and how that's to you the most powerful like being, I guess, on earth, um, I was I was agreeing in my mind and thinking how like when you say witch, it does invoke fear in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And yep. like I was kind of picturing what we what we sometimes think of as the scariest, the uh rich, straight white men of power, um, the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. A witch is like scarier than that because a witch is so confident and the patriarchy is like scared. Right. But witches well, are like have always I been this. feared. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why they women have always them. been feared in history. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's not a far, a far cry or, or a jump to, to talk about how, um, the reason why witches were so feared is because it was a woman archetype. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, you know, a, a, a thing that, uh, or a person that can embody this, this, um, the, the unknown in mm-hmm. such a way, you know, the, the power of desire, the power uh, of the yearning and the force that it can create. No one can embody that better than the divine feminine, like the divine feminine in, in our archetypes and, and who we are, that that's, that that's the only thing that can really do that. And yeah, I think it that, makes that me a, so happy to hear a lower registered voice say the word is divine <laughs> feminine. I love it every time. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> do, you have, do you have witches in your family? Do you come from witches? Yes. Well, they didn't, I don't know if they identified as witches, but I had a, a great, great uncle who was a seventh son of a seventh son and he was Irish. Wait, what is and that? Mean? So a seventh son of a seventh son means that they were, he was essentially a, his, his father was a seventh son in his family and he was a seventh son in his family. I got you. So he was Literally. Whoa, okay. Yes. Of a seventh okay. son. In Ireland, that holds a lot of weight um, spiritually. So a seventh son of a seventh son is usually born generationally with gifts. And he definitely was. He could could walk the plains. He could talk to the dead just like I'm talking to you. Um, Literally. I mean, he'd walk around the town and say, hey, Bob. And and it was a a dead guy he was waving to. Um, 
he, he literally walked in in the realms and he could blow on goiters and make them disappear he could you know he was he was a faith mean? healer of his he was uh, well a goiter you know is a like a, is, uh, a growth yeah, yeah a tumor's growth and it, it gets pretty big and he, he could just read a scripture and then blow on it and it would disappear <gasps> within a day that's um, amazing he was he was renowned as like the faith healer of of, of his uh, of his local area. Um, crazy story about how my my aunt died, which was um, his um, it was his sister. He told her not to go through a field at night, and she went over to her friend's house, rode a horse through the field, and she came back, and the sun was going down because she lost track of time. And she came back, and when she got back, her hair is black, and when she got back, her hair was white. And she died the next day of, I guess, literally a fright because it was a heart attack. She was a young woman and um, he told her not to go. And he knew what had happened. See, in that field, uh, a person had um, had murdered their wife with an axe. And he knew the, wife, the wife's ghost. He, he, um, he knew that she was in that field and what she would do to people if they walked through it at night. And she literally... This is the story my aunt told my uncle, but she, the, the ghost literally got, um, she was riding the horse of the field. The ghost went over the top of her and took the reins with her and her head had been cut off by the ax and it was still on by a piece of skin and her head was back in her face the entire ride through the field oh, and it oh. killed her. This is like some so, sleepy hollow shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Oof. But I have, I kind of, I have those stories through my family. I mean, there's, wow. there's something in my family that's kind of happened here and there. I could yeah, see I'm, visuals of yes. that whole thing when you were describing it. Yeah, um, but I'm, that's that's literally the rec- the record of how my fa- how my aunt died. She died with white hair, and she had black hair when she, before she went across the field. Oh, um, what was the time of that? Of him saying to her, "Do you know that?" Oh, well, he told. Well, he told her that morning she was going out on that the horse, and he knew where she. Yeah, he knew where she was going. She was going to to her friend's house across the field like and he was like shock. he was like hey look don't go across don't come across the field at night you go throughout the day just man mind your time and get back here before dark and he just knew things like that throughout the entire town he's like don't go there you know around noon this thing happens there just don't do it the whole town went to him for all kinds of advice for all kinds of things because he just knew the spirit world he's like a shaman of the area right he could see the overlay of the land and this and how spirit interacted with it Mm. and he was he was just gifted that way so so what do you feel like is your gift within your practice be it well, supernatural right? or just human yeah I, I i don't know it's hard for me to say um i have i have a lot of natural gifts of of raising energy i can change the energy of a room at this point when I've developed that in myself, like I can walk in kind of like maneuver it around and I can bring other people forward in the energy. I can repel people with the energy. I can, I can do all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so, but I haven't really, really taken off with a lot of different spiritual gifts. I can, I can sense, you know, beings and presences and things like that, but I can't see them. Mm. Um, but I was told by my astrologer, I have all these, uh, planets in my 12th house. Right. And that's, that's the house of witchcraft. Essentially you've got a lot of planets there and you have a lot of gifts for witchery but I have Saturn with him and Saturn, <laughs> Daddy. Saturn. Yeah. Well, he locked, he locks all my other planets down in there. <laughs> <laughs> They're grounded. Those planets yeah. are grounded. <laughs> and so, well, I mean, the, the thing that she told me was that, 
Um, in a past life, I abused spiritual power. And so my karma is to work it out now oh. in service. And Saturn being with those those other planets, uh, I have had a yearning to just be in service my whole life. And that's what I've done, you know, <sighs> being a preacher's kid that. all the way up to, to going through shamanism and everything like that. I've Wait, you're a preacher's through. kid and you're a witch? Wow. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait, kind of me too. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. My parents are practically preachers. <laughs> um, yeah. Does, does your family, so did your father have any issue with that transition for you? Well, I haven't shared it with him because he's in his seventies. Oh, he's on his way out. Well, you know why? Why would I? I mean, it's and he upset. doesn't listen to podcasts or or see you know news. I mean, he <laughs> he, he actually helped pray the book out that <laughs> that got oh. out. Um, but That's um, sweet. but he um, you know, I'm not going to put any undo. Why? Why would I do that? Yeah. You know, if if he was yeah. in his fifties. Or something like that. Even 60s, I'd probably sit down and say, hey, Dad, it's time to have a conversation about who yeah. I really am and, mm. and what I really do and, and what yeah. it's all about and, and my understanding of things. And, you know, um, so, but but now it's it's not like that, you know, so. But it's been an interesting journey being, you know, coming from that, that background. Yeah. Hey, since we've been talking so much about therapy this episode, it seems like perfect alignment that we have another partnership going with BetterHelp. Yes, you're already familiar with them. You've heard us talk about how amazing they are. BetterHelp offers online counseling with real professional therapists, and you can do it all from the safety of your home. And it's more affordable than traditional in-person therapy, which basically doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So you want to go to BetterHelp, the trust source for online therapy and it's available worldwide so wherever you're listening to this therapy is available to you yes and if you want to save 10% on your first session use our code basic witches that's betterhelp.com slash basic witches for 10% off your first month even better <laughs> better help <laughs> You mentioned witch DNA earlier, and I just have to mention, I found out this week from a listener that having a third nipple used to be a sign of being a witch, and I have a third nipple. It's my favorite thing. I rub it for good luck. But like I've been rubbing it a lot. I feel like you showed me really early on in the friendship. Too early. (laughs) That's so awesome. I rub it for good luck. That's great. You show people your third nipple. When is too soon? But like, did you know that that there's a sign of that? Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of little folklorish birthmarks. Some of them are legit. You know, some of them. I I don't know if the third nipple thing is or not. But um, <laughs> but there's there's some of them are legit. You know, I would go with it. You know, I'd just be like, hey, yeah. I got the third nipple, man. I'm gonna rock this out. Chandler Bing and Marky Mark are like the only people uh, I have to like. But yeah, there, there's definitely with. signs. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. on the subject of nipples, okay. I, f- I feel like I remember Kelly saying that you practice sex magic. Yeah. Can we so, talk yeah, about it? Sure, sure. Um, you know, sexual energy is the most potent force of, of humankind, really. I mean, as far as just raw energy, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything else that's more... more um, Pure? More visceral. visceral. I would say more primal. visceral than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, primal, visceral. It, it goes back to the very um, the very cycle of, of uh, our existence, right? The very base of our being, 
you know, that lowest chakra. Yes. The very base of our being. Yeah. Right. You know, um, it is the thing that sparks the entire journey of evolution of being a human and being incarnated as one. And so, um, there isn't many forces that are more than that. Um, and that can engage cosmic forces more than that. I mean, if you were to, to be doing spirit work and you were to do sex magic with a spirit and then, you know, with another human being with a spirit and whatnot, mm-hmm. that really it, um, enlivens the spirit. Um, it gives it the energy and the force that it needs to do something amazing for you. Um, you know, there, there's other aspects of it, but, you know, that the orgasm itself in ritual is utterly fantastic for envisioning, you know, yes. if you envision... Even just, I mean, you don't even have to do it in a ritual. If you just lay in your bed and masturbate while envisioning something that you really want to see happen, like a very successful vision, you know, and really in your bones, like keep it there while you orgasm, that's a really great way for putting out that vision and, you know, and and allowing it to happen. Um, That's highly effective. I've, I've used that on occasion, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, I do it all blood magic, sex magic, you know, I'm, I'm into, I'm into the, the whole gambit. I want to know about um, was, blood magic. Yeah. Blood magic is mine is menstrual, yeah. but yours might be slicing. Yes. Well, not slicing, but, okay. but using, I mean, I only slice in, in extreme cases when I need a, you know, a good amount of blood, which is very, very, very rare. Um, wow. But the, the thing that I use is just a diabetic lancet. You know? Okay. A prick. Yep. And just a prick. And the reason for that is because the, like sex, there isn't much that is more unique than blood about you. When you release blood into the air, you are releasing it also into the astral, you know, into the spiritual planes. And when that happens, a lot of spirits take note. It's almost like you release your your fingerprint and you're like, like the, hey, I'm here. Or the yeah, scent like, of you. Yes. And well, you got to understand, too, there's a... Who you are right now, the incarnation of who you are, you know, how you're born, who we we are right now in this moment, you're the culmination of all your family members that have bled and died and went through struggle and gathered strength to live through very hard times in the past so that you could be here. All of that is in your blood, all that experience, all those things. One of the most unique things about our book is that we go deep into ancestral work and what it looks like to transmute that energy and open up the gates to it and, and really start to work it. Because I think one of our purposes as human beings is to transmute our bloodlines. When we're incarnated into these families, like we are, we need to transmute the bloodlines and really do work around that and clear ancestral blockages. And so um, your blood holds all of that. Your blood is the signature of all of those years of strength, of all of those years of struggle, of all those years of overcoming. And so it's extremely powerful. It's one of the most powerful spiritual things that you can engage with. So, and so blood taken from different places. What do you do with the blood in like a ritual, like a blood magic ritual? Well, you, you create a sigil with it. Um, mm. you, can create, you can infuse it with symbols and it makes the, the sigil so much more strong, so much more mm. powerful. Um, go ahead. You I just it. realized I've been doing that with... Pussy juice, <laughs> mm. <laughs> to put it lightly, to put it just yeah, no, so fine. bluntly. Um, I've been rubbing it on intentions, like written intentions, and yeah, myself, that's awesome. and yeah. yeah, and like candles. <laughs> that's hot. Yeah, intentions. It's highly effective. Yeah. It really is. Any body fluid is highly effective, but there isn't any quite as strong as blood because of that ancestral aspect. Mm-hmm. Because. Of that. 
but yes, any, any juices you can put anywhere, um, whether it be, you can actually use spit to cast spells on people. Mm -hmm. I know a witch that can, um, uh, tune in to an energy and infuse she, she can gather energy so strong she's been doing it for years but she can infuse energy with her spit and then spit into a person's cup and influence them and automatically oh. make them do what she wants them to do whatever the intention oh. was when she spit oh my god so you can use body fluids so many different ways i mean it's it's ridiculous but they're extremely powerful because they're visceral mm. you know and they contain a lot Wow. I hope she doesn't go into the restaurant business. <laughs> That'd be no, too she's much a power. full-time witch. Yeah, <laughs> okay, she's good. a full-time witch for sure. That, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. Wait, did you, sorry, I'm coming back to this. Did you say how you met Kelly? I love love. Oh yes. So, um, <laughs> uh, th that was, that was in the work I was doing in Gestalt therapy all those mm. years. She and I both were at the center for inner knowing doing work for like five or six years straight. Wow. We were a part of each other's awakening and coming, you know, mm -hmm. coming of age and, and of being in those those moments. And you get to experience a person in those kind of transformation settings. It's a, you get to see parts of them that nobody else really gets to see. And it becomes very, very um, bonding. And mm -hmm. if you have an attraction for a person at all in that work, it starts to become this thing. It's like, well, I mean, I don't see how it could be with anybody else. Right. I mean, how could anyone be better? It's like a deep yeah. love. Yeah. Well, deep love. But also, you know, that the person you're going to be with through the shit and through whatever, through the projections that they know how to work it. Like mm -hmm. they know how mm -hmm. to, you know, I, I didn't want to be with someone that didn't know how in the world could I be in that for five or six years doing depth work and everything like that and yeah, not be uh -huh. with someone that knew about it. Yes, it'd be no, like, like a climber going with a novice on a backpacking trip. Like you want, yes. you want a partner that can do the same mm. climb you can do. Exactly. <laughs> and like carry exactly. the gear. Mm. Um, you just described your literal relationship. <laughs> I know. Well, well, my man's been doing the work. And yes. actually that reminds me. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking lately how, you know, how like we used to sign yearbooks, like don't ever change. Happy summer. No, do change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like. No, I want a partner. I want to encourage them to change. I want it to feel like I'm meeting a new person every once in a while, like, because <laughs> you should be growing and changing or you're, you know, you're just stagnant water with mold. Yeah, exactly. Well, there, there's, there's no such thing as not changing, right? Yeah. Change is the only constant that we have. Yes. And, and, and that's why, that's why I believe witchery, another thing, while witchery and being a witch is so important for humankind. Mm -hmm. You know, when we stopped listening to shamans and start listening to priests, we just kind of wadded up and threw away 50,000 years worth of wisdom. And the wisdom of that is how to manage chaos. How do we manage the energy in our environment? And what is the process and what is the practice of actually bumping up against that energy and doing something with it in a way that's willful and in a way that has mastery and in a way that has some kind of command of the chaos so that you can create order. And so I think that that's why I think it's so, so important that you have somebody that at least understands the concept that, Hey, we're all changing all the time. I might as well make it intentional and I might as well make it in a way that uh, makes me alive instead of stagnant. And so Right. You know, what, there's there's really no other option for a partner. In my opinion, if you want a good relationship, you got to have a partner that wants that that embraces change mm -hmm. in awareness. Mm -hmm. You know, like what does it mean to change in awareness? Yes. And, so, and what is the process around that? What are the practices I can develop, and who can I go see? 
all that's really important. I think it's essential yes. for a good relationship. Oh, changing with awareness. I love how you put that. I've been calling that growing up with a consciousness because I felt like I died when I got attacked and I've been reborn and I've, but I have a conscious adult of I have the conscious mind of an adult while I'm going from like a rebirth into new spiritual adulthood. Um, yeah. And I think it's key, like allow yourself to grow up and change and do it with awareness. Yeah. We yeah, are that's so the only excited way to, do to it. get your book, by the way, Modern Mystic. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we can't wait to read it. Can you tell our listeners about the book? Sure. So I, I've made a proprietary coaching system that I, I take people through the, the first steps of psychology and different things like that and what it means to be programmed and all that stuff. And, and um, in, that, um, in that program, in that depth work that I do with people, um, I take them through that, that first element and then I give them customized rituals. Um, I kind of consent into who they are, where they're at after hearing from them a few times and, and doing one-on-ones, I kind of get the idea of, of, of what needs to happen next and how, how a ritual could unfold different things. So I essentially give my folks that, that do the depth work with me, uh, homework, you know, I give them rituals and say, go do this for seven days and just see how it unfolds and, and what happens to your spiritual gifts and, and what happens to communication and your sense of self-authority and different things like that. And so um, what the book is, is a, um, a lot of the customized rituals that I've given my folks that I know works. Um, there, there's elements, the spells that have to be engaged in order for it to be really effective. Um, you have to under, once again, if you're going to make a spell, you have to understand how it's going to hit your psychology what kind of projections you're going to throw on it when you do it, you know, all those different things. And if you're actually engaging the, the right elements to dial into the proper frequency to make this work on a spiritual level, because it's all about engaging the energy. Right. And so you have to dial into the energy a certain way. And so we, um, spells that are for all kinds of different, um, elements of life. So, you know, pertaining to protection pertaining to, uh, transformation of the self pertaining to love pertaining to money. We have groups yes. of spells for each one of those containing, uh, pertaining to like spaces and, and what it means to obtain one. Like if you're trying to find a house or if you're trying to get one or, um, pertaining to ancestral, um, rights and things like that. And so we have each one of those sections. It's, it's broken up into sections. We have, uh, five, um, rituals in each section, a minimum of five rituals in each section. And, um, they're really, I mean, they're effective because they, they have all the different elements that I've come to know over time and through a lot of experience and work uh, that, that allows a spell uh, a chance to operate, you know, and to make it successful. So, we are and it comes so as a excited. kit. So Yeah, yeah it comes with the, the supplies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so That's it comes awesome. with all the supplies you need to do all, everything except for a few household items like, um, you know, um, uh, aluminum foil and things like that that you, that, you know, and pretty much everybody has laying around the yeah. house. Yeah. And so it comes with a set of candles and it comes with um, incense that's used for, um, for operating in the spirit realm. And, Pussy and, juice not included. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Must that's provide right. your own blood. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bring your own blood. <laughs> Bring your own blood. That's great. I like that one. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's just it's a, a spell book that's can be for the intermediate to advanced person. They'll get something out of it, mm-hmm. but also you know uh, people that are picking it up for the first time and just walking right into spell work. Um, it's, it offers some really great things for them as well, because I made all these spells for people that knew nothing about what it is to be a witch or, a, or spell work or what it is to develop that way. Right. So, and so I made a, I made the rituals that way where they're, they're for beginners, but also advanced people can really benefit from it too. So excited. We're stoked. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get, get that money. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, do you happen to have cards nearby that you could give us a reading for the collective? Sure. Or any divination you feel called to for the collective. What is your favorite divination? What do you mainly use? I normally just, I don't use structure in divination. I do pull cards on occasion. Mm-hmm. Right. I do. I do pull tarot cards, but I don't. Um, OK, cool. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, when I tune in, I kind of I, I view everything for frequency standpoints. Right. And so when I tune in, I kind of um, latch on to energies mm-hmm. and it's almost like reading the vibration of the energy. It's like, OK, well, this. This feels like it's going to happen that way. Let me dig a little deeper. And then after I do a few things, I may pull a card on it to have some clarity, you know, but my divinations are normally for classes and people that I'm with or for Mm one-on-ones, right? I'm really good at reading the energy of people and really good at, at knowing what, what needs to happen next and different things like that. Cause I spent so long in that work with so many clear people that I, it it was just natural for me to move into that, that mode once my gifts started coming out. And so, Mm That's typically what I do there, but um, but I, I normally I normally don't do anything for the collective. I can tell you, I can tell you the things that have been coming to me for the collective for a while now. Do um, tell, yeah. I did a podcast on the spiritual aspect of the pandemic, for instance, mm. a while ago, and that was really cool. And that that was a, kind of an amalgam of of a lot of the teachings that a lot of my my. Um, my mentors have been telling me about the pandemic and, and a little bit of an injection of some of the things that that's been coming to me, but I, we're moving into a space where, and I, even the cards that I pulled kind of reflect it. Um, we're moving into a space where it's time to kind of draw lines in the sand about who and what we are and start to decide um, identities as opposed to, um, and discover those as opposed to um, going outward so much. So we spent a lot of time being wrapped up in what Trump is doing or the news or, you know, whatever it may be. And I agree that we need to be involved. I, the, the problem is that we get so swept up into it that we're missing the wisdom of the moment. Um, and that's, that's, once again, we want to go back to the witch archetype, right? So the witch was a political, never has been. You know, in history, the witch archetype is, is uh, an archetype that is an outlier. They are the kind of the ones on the fringe, right? Because the polarities pull us to, to areas where um, we get swept up in it and then we lose ourselves in our projections and our programming and different things like that. But if we can swing back to more of a neutral space, then we have access to it all and we can affect real change, mm-hmm. right? With compassion and consciousness. 
And so the polarities keep us out of that. Polarities make us swing everywhere, whether it be all the way left, all the way right, or, you know, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. It's all the flip side of the coin of each other in the witch's mind. The witch's mind is like, yeah, yeah. or the shaman. You could go back to the shaman <laughs> archetype. The shaman <laughs> kind of stands outside and says, hey, look at all you guys, you're fighting. You know, it's, <laughs> the, the shaman is, is um, uh, involved in spiritual change. And that's where they believe everything cascades from. Same thing with the witch. You know, as, the witch involves spiritual change and then everything cascades from that. As, as a witch, I feel like mo- like the witch was politicized mm-hmm. in the trials and such. And then as a modern witch, I think that gives us the right and the voice to be political. And, and I also want to burn it all down. So I right. am the outlier exactly. as well. <laughs> exactly. And then that, that's true. That's exactly the razor says that you need to walk. You know, if you want to actually start to bring, to raise the awareness around what's really happening, mm-hmm. if you're stuck in a polarity and you don't know what's happening with the other side, you know, you can't see it for anything. Right. You have to be aware you know? of all of it. Right. So and and re- so, so what are the cards reflecting? Well, the cards are reflecting, you know, justice, right? It was the first card I pulled. And oh. so, right. So it, it's going along the lines of what we're talking about here. Like there's a line to draw, you know, like there's. There's a balance to be had there. There's something to, to do with actually turning your focus away from the unimportant mm-hmm. and focusing on what that balance is for you right in the inside. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it, the, the justice card is, is one of those things that it's almost archaic and it's thinking to me, you know, in the, in one side, and that's where we get trapped into thinking maybe that there is a, um, that there is a black and white, right. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a balance to be had. It's not a black and white. There, there's a shade of gray to live in a nuance, mm-hmm. right? And then, of course, it was the, the next one was the two coin, right? The decision. So I think moving moving forward, we're going to have a lot of stuff around money come up. And we're going to have mm-hmm. a lot of decisions around money coming up because the, the last card was the seven of coin, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have a lot of things start to happen for us in the economy that through the election, you know, if... Um, if Biden gets elected, he'll probably instant. We're hoping that he's probably going to institute a lot of things that'll be for the people throughout the pandemic, yeah. right? A lot of help and yeah. things like that. And maybe the economy won't falter as much, but we're going to have some decisions. Everybody's going to be having a lot of decisions to make around their livelihood. Right? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That's it. And you, and you can't let it get, get, get you distracted because of the justice card. Like mm. that's, so, I mean, that's, that's what I got out of that pool. Love it. Love it. Needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the collective will really resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for the reading. Yeah. And um, let's close it out with a basic blessing. Oh, wait, first, where can listeners find the book and find you? Sure. So um, listeners can find the book on Amazon. Um, that's the easiest way to do it. It's on pre-sale right now. So you can go there and you can also get it from our website, www.modernmysticshop.com. Um, you can find my work advertised there as well for the, the proprietary coaching program that I have going on that, that, I mean, it's, it's for anybody that, that works, that work is for someone who has never encountered a spiritual practice, don't even know what it looks like. And they just want to develop themselves. I can work with that. Or if you're a witch that's been doing it for 20 years and want to deepen yourself and you want to start to explore the hedge in a new way, I can go there with you too. 
Um, but yeah, it's super cool work. And so that's the way you can find me. Where can they find you directly for the one-on-one it cut out? Sure. So you could email me. It'd be okay. Brandon at modern Awesome. Got it. They could find me that way. Yeah. Awesome. Now for a basic blessing. This is something we're each grateful for today. Any of us can start. I'm grateful for where I've ended up in life and my practice. And um, that that's really amazing to me, how I get to work in spirit and in harmony with, um, with uh, the dimensions and, and the cosmic forces. That's just, that's truly a blessed life to me. So I'm really grateful for the practice and what it's done for me. Beautiful. I'm so grateful. We were talking about healthy relationships and I'm in my first and I'm really grateful for my sweet, sweet love. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm really grateful um, for the gifts I've received. We've received from listeners like beyond I mean the gift is already there each time you guys tell us how we've helped you mm-hmm. so thank you for that um but like literal gifts in the mail thank and you gifts from Brandon and Kelly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah grateful for the gifts yes yeah witchcraft is wisdom you know all the wisdom please <laughs> yeah for sure this was right, so cool. so great Brandon thank you so much yeah I had a great time yeah, yes. thank you for Such having us. Yeah, I, from the moment you turned your video on, I was like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Great energy. <laughs> Witches, this show is made possible by listeners like you who contribute on our Patreon. If you want to join the Basic Witches Coven, become a patron. And as a thank you for your support, we'll give you all kinds of witchy goodness, like card readings and custom art. We'll see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic witches.